Are you a movie buff? A horror fan? If so, then U.S. Dish is looking for you. One lucky fan will be selected to watch 13 films based on Stephen King's most chilling novels. The winner will be given a survival kit including a blanket, flashlight, popcorn, candy, some Stephen King swag, a Fitbit monitor to monitor your heart rate, and of course, $1,300, plus a movie theater gift card to your choice of either It Chapter 2 or the upcoming sequel to The Shining, Dr. Sleep. Go to usdish.com and select Want $1,300 to watch 13 movies at the top of the page. No purchase necessary. See full rules of entry at usdish.com. Welcome to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast for Friday, September the 20th. I'm one of your hosts, Joey Mills, with the Pop Goes the Culture podcast network. Joining me today in the room, we've got... Caleb. Curtis. <laughs> Curtis has tried to eat dinner as we record a podcast, so if you hear chomping and smacking sounds, you'll know where they're coming from. That is pulled pork sandwich. <laughs> and it's smelling pretty good. It is smelling Big pretty good. pulled pork sandwich from Smoking Bob's. Smoking Bob's, where's that at? That's at the corner of Sunshine and uh, 65. <laughs> we'll bill him for that later. It's <laughs> in the same place as Metagames. So. Okay, oh, okay, there you go. I know where you're at now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do the Firehouse subs that's right there. So, Well, we are just a few folks from the Midwest talking pop culture news, telling stories, taking your comments, and whatever. Anybody do anything exciting? Anybody watch a thing, play a thing, listen to anything? Anybody do anything in the past week? Uh, I, I was on a, a web series. Yeah, what is it? What's it called? It's called Assassin's Anonymous. We shot our pilot episode. I found out what I was wearing. You, didn't, you, you couldn't find a turtleneck at all? Couldn't find a turtleneck. <laughs> okay. So I got these black skinny jeans with ripped holes in them from the knees, and then a black button-up, and I found these uh, these glasses that just for him, they were sunglasses, but they were like, like if Gary Oldman from... Um, Bram Stoker's Dracula, right? Mixed with Leon the Professional. Okay, like they were glasses like that, and so I was like, "That's my character." I'm so good. like shooters glasses, yeah, kind of thin and there you go. Oh, I just I left them in my friend's car. I just remembered that. <laughs> All right, gotta go get <laughs> those. I need those back. So is the are the episodes out yet? Or are they still working on? No, they're still being edited. Still post. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, we'll have to look for that. Make sure to let us know when they're out. Okay. Will do. Can you? Would you do anything? No, just playing nurse to. Yeah, Our daughter, yeah. and then uh, just watching a bunch of TV. What have you been so, watching? Oh, uh, been of course, you know, I blew through all the fun stuff like the you know boys and stuff like that earlier on right. for her first surgery, and so <laughs> yeah, this, this recovery. Now you're having to go deep now. Into yeah, the well, for I am. I finally started watching The Office and a bunch right. of the old stuff that I was like, oh, I'll watch it someday, and I'm like, well, someday is here. So <laughs> yeah, now that you're confined to having to exactly be in the house, yeah, I got a couple more weeks of this, and then I can she'll be going back to school, and I can uh, start doing stuff again. There you go. Well, let's jump into some headlines from the week. 
First of all, it's been a rough weekend to be a classic rocker. Yeah. On Friday morning, Eddie Money passed away at his home. He was 70 years old. And then on Sunday, Rick Ocasek of the Cars was found dead in his New York City apartment. He was 75 years old. Well, we heard Eddie Money had two tickets to paradise. <laughs> Easy now. He took Rick Ocasek <laughs> with him? Shit, yeah. <laughs> so this isn't going to happen in threes then, just those two? Yeah, exactly. He had the two tickets, so Rick went with. Or is the third person bought the ticket previously? So I don't know. There's a lot of questions going on. Yeah, there was a weird debate on some of my friends' Facebook about, you know, like, yeah, you know, rest in peace, you know, Rick Ocasek. But honestly, I, I forget the uh, bass player's name that was also the other singer. Yeah. And they're like, you know, we liked him a lot better in Bubble Star. It's like, <laughs> man, know, now's not the let, time. <laughs> let, the, let the body get cold. Jeez, holy crap, man. Yeah, the internet does what the internet does. Yep. Actress Felicity Huffman was sentenced to two weeks in jail for her role in the college cheating scandal. Two weeks, wow. Yeah. Don't know if she's going to come out a different woman, I guess. Yeah. Huffman pled guilty to paying $15,000 to ensure that her daughter scored high on her SATs. Actress Lori Laughlin still faces sentencing for paying up to a half a million dollars, five hundred thousand dollars in bribes to get her two daughters. She may get a whole month. <laughs> well, let's not go crazy. We don't want to ruin their lives here. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I was like, really? So is that the standard? Uh, I'm going to guess not, because you always hear the uh, unfair sentencing stuff about. You know, there's another woman in California who registered her kids in the wrong school district and she got five years in prison on yeah. it because she didn't have the right information and she you know yeah. put the wrong stuff in yeah what well, is gonna like, be real go to jail if you like her in the wrong school district yeah apparently in california she went five years they said it was fraud because she used her father's address to enroll her children because she had just like gotten a divorce and just moved and got new apartments and she didn't know how to get enrolled so she just it's weird yeah there's a whole lot to that story that they give you some stuff up in town about it but they're not you know put you in jail but (laughs) they do ask you a bunch of stuff like holy hell who cares just just go to school yeah Yeah. i know anthony kiedis used sunny bono's address so he can go to a go to the palm west palm whatever it was yeah yeah it's not a bad idea. I wonder if Sonny knew that he was camping out on his... He's like, I've got a little hut in the corner of the property that nobody ever goes on to. Right. <laughs> the dogs come out. I just pet them, feed them. They'd leave me alone. Uh, in the week since we last recorded, Saturday Night Live hired and then fired comedian Shane Gillis after his blatantly racist material was brought to light, which is most of everything the guy has done, both on camera, in front of a microphone, and behind the scenes. Uh, word is apparently... Saturday Night Live has, you know, they're a business. They're not a charity. They're trying yeah. to make money, sell ad space, and their numbers have been declining because they've focused so much on their Trump stuff that they were trying to find a someone who would be sympathetic to more right-wing viewers. And apparently they couldn't find a right-wing-leaning comedian that didn't have a bunch of racist stuff, so they kind of hope maybe this guy will yeah. slide through, but the internet doing what the internet does... Pointed out immediately. Uh, yeah, this guy's a pretty terrible guy. Uh, he had a history of uh, in Philadelphia of being kicked out of clubs and not being allowed to perform because of oh, this wow. stuff. So, see, I'd seen the stories of like uh, different 
SNL alumni speaking right. out against or for or whatever. Right. Yeah. I'm Everybody's like, got to take a side. Yeah. I'm like, who is this? I mean, I I watch SNL so sporadically. Right. I don't know who. Well, he was on go- there. he was going to be a new cast yeah. member and writer for the show, but um, not but, anymore. Yeah. Saturday Night Live's come out and said, yeah, our clearly our vetting process <laughs> needs to be needs some work done before we. Do hire you remember folks. when Norm McDonald dropped the uh, f bomb? Yes. I, that was, and, I, and I'll I'll freely admit this. I was stoned when I was watching it. <laughs> so you thought maybe so when it happened, I was like, and it was before you know, like DVRs, I mean, yeah, stuff, stuff yeah. like that. So I was just like, oh, and I looked over at my cousin's, like, did he just say fuck? And he's like, no. And I'm like, well, I swear he did. And then the next day, it's all over the place. I was like, oh, I knew it. So there, there you go. All right. <laughs> Jurassic World 3's director Colin Trevorrow has released an eight-minute short online titled "Jurassic World: Battle at Big Rock." Have you had a chance to see the Big Rocks online? <clears throat> no, um, no. It's pretty good. It's not bad. I mean, he it, it looks like he got <laughs> squirreled some money away from the production. And did a pretty good job with it. Apparently, the uh, next Jurassic World movie will follow Jurassic World. Too, in that there's going to be a bunch of dinosaurs running around in America, and that's kind of what this short is setting up. I will catch it when it comes on streaming stuff. Yeah, if then. I still haven't even seen the second one. Yeah, don't don't hurt yourself trying to get to it. You know, hey, I was don't want to pull a, a hammy run into the red box. I was such a yeah. fan of uh, Jurassic Park, and then when those those came out, I'm like, oh man. Yeah. Yeah, remember if it came out on. Hulu for it came on on Amazon Prime or something like that. And I was like, oh, hey. And I was like, I'll watch it. And I was like, well, I watched I saw it. that. Yeah. So yeah. that happened. That's yeah, good. Exactly. <laughs> the word is Robert Downey Jr. will return as Tony Stark in the upcoming Black Widow movie, which, you know, whatever. It's a prequel. And yeah. I mean, I don't know why he couldn't. I don't know why he would necessarily, but I don't know why he couldn't. Well, it's kind of weird. Did he. I mean, he kind of just showed. Well, she showed up in Iron Man two. Two, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, is it between Iron was, Man two? Yeah. And, yeah, I don't. They I heard that it was like between Civil War and Infinity War. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that anybody's chomping at the bit to, to really find out. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, well, I, hate I to guess say that, but everything I mean, they do is a misdirect anymore. Yeah. With well, I guess they're like, well, Red Sparrow already took our took our thunder, thunder with yeah. the uh, doing that. So yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda's adaptation of the King Killer Chronicles has been passed over by Showtime. Miranda is shopping the series to other studios. Meanwhile, still no word from author Patrick Rothfuss about a release date for the third book in the series. He's kind of got George R.R. Martin syndrome where he's going four to seven years in between books. Well, you know. You don't want to hurt yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to space. We'll see season. how this final season plays out and if I need to change the books at all. Exactly. Viking star Alexander Ludwig has been cast opposite Arrow's Stephen Amell in Star's pro wrestling drama Heels. From the series description, Ludwig is playing a character named Ace Spade, who is the beloved hero and star of the DWA, which is their little wrestling promotion in the show. Things are more difficult in the real world where he struggles to reconcile his town idol status with his insecurities and demons. He's brash, cocky, and self-destructive, yet so damn charming and good-looking that you can almost forgive him. He's playing opposite Stephen Amell's character, Jack Spade, 
who is the charismatic villain in the real world world. He's the hardworking owner, a husband and father trying to make ends meet while trying to realize his dreams. He has the mind of an artist and the body of a warrior. Wow. Somebody's really, really slobbering on the knob on this one. And a Steve Jobsian need for perfection and for control. He'll do whatever it takes to build his wrestling promotion into an empire. Will he go so far as to risk his marriage or his relationship with his brother? Guess you'll have to watch it on Stars to find out. Any interest in this at all? I don't know. I love the dude who plays Bjorn Ironside. Yeah, yeah. I think he's pretty killer, but I, I don't know. I mean, again, this is something that if I have the availability to watch yeah. it, I may give it a shot, but am I going to, like... Set the DVR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there, there's there's a little bit of interest. I thought you were going to say the body of a woman. I was like, <laughs> he's got the body <laughs> of a woman. This, this is going to be interesting. Wow, <laughs> the See soul of a wrestler and the body of a man. <laughs> the soul of a woman trapped in the body of a man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, oh, that took a twist. I did not see that going there. Yeah, right. He's the world's first transgender wrestler. <laughs> Rick and Morty fans now have the opportunity to win a chance to be featured in an upcoming episode and be brought out to L.A. to hang with Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon themselves. Posted on the official Rick and Morty social media accounts, quote, We're introducing a new character this season. You enter to win an opportunity to be drawn into a future Rick and Morty episode and hang out with creators Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland in L.A. As they go on to explain, go to prizio.com and donate to Next for Autism for a chance to win. You know, you'll put your name in the drawing, everybody that donates, and then they'll... Pull them out of a hat. Probably not really, but they'll pull them out of a hat. I don't know. They might. And and then somebody will get to go hang out in the studio and meet the creators and be drawn into an episode. That'd be pretty killer, actually. Yeah. That'd be fun. How much is the donation? I think donations start fairly inexpensively, but I don't know. I haven't looked up this one, but I know some of those. There's a few of those, like Omaze and stuff, where you don't even have to donate. You can just. A dollar or two. Yeah, or you know, there's some that have, like, no donation necessary to be entered into some of these so i don't know i mean i, I don't know if they would set a cap or anything or something like that just because so. i mean you can you can set a cap at 10 or 20 dollars right and, and you know of hundreds of people are like well i've got a dollar but i don't have that where you could get those hundreds of dollars if you just do the yeah. you know dollar thing so i don't know we'll have to see did you see the rickmobiles coming back to the alamo Draft house in october that. i saw that yeah we may have to make another trip out, but it's like on a Wednesday night or something. This Is year. it? It's like six to nine on a Wednesday or something. I have to look at the dates. Sure my then. old roommate's dog chewed up my Rick and Morty socks I got from the Rickmobile, so I'm going to get me some more socks. You have to replace those, or your roommate will have to replace those. I don't talk to him anymore. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I do love the inflatable flailing Mr. Meeseeks yeah. that they had there. I was like, man, at the time, I was like, I don't know if I want to spend that, but now I'm kind of regretting not getting it because I, I think it's Well, cool. now's your chance. It'll be I know, in a couple if weeks. they've got it or see what they've got. Artist and writer Anthony Marquez has acquired the Kubert School from the Kubert family, a 2011 graduate of the school. He has worked as an editor for DC and Dynamite Entertainment, currently runs the comic retailer Dewey's Comic City in Madison, New Jersey. Founded in 1976 by Joe and Muriel Kubert, the Kubert School grew to become one of the preeminent schools focused on comic book art. A lot of comic book artists have come through the Kubert School after Joe passed in 2012, his sons Adam and Andy took over operations of the school. Now Andy is going to remain involved. He's going to be a special instructor and on the advisory board. But Anthony <laughs> is going to be taking over the daily operations. So nice. Good on him. It's nice to see a guy go through and then turn around and come back out the other side and be in Heck charge. Yeah. 
NBC Universal's revealed their streaming service, Peacock. Won't be any yeah. comments about that, I'm sure. Yay. Will launch April 2020. It'll be the exclusive streaming home for The Office and Parks and Recreation. And Peacock will include the in-development reboots of <laughs> The Office, yeah. Battlestar Galactica, and Saved by the Bell. Because Okay, I will say not? this. The Office... You gonna reboot that? Why? Because it plays that, today just as well as it did. It really does. Five so years there's ago no need to. Bellstar Galactica kind of we been there, done that. We just did a reboot of that. Not Probably too long don't ago. need it. Yeah, and then of course, yeah. now I will say if they did Save by the Bell right because of the success that like Disney has with those kind of shows, right? They may find an audience that is into that who would enjoy it maybe but you I, know I'm, fox, of the three. Just did, fox is just doing there just did is still doing i don't know if it's still airing the beverly hills 90210 reboot <clears throat> with the original cast like they did a reboot with new folks and now they did a reboot with like the original actors yeah. and i don't i don't know anything about it which should tell you something if the people are like yeah it exists but nobody's talking about it yeah according to the reports mario lopez tiffany amber Thiessen, they would all be coming back to the show but like as like teachers or coaches i don't or know something. how they're gonna do it it doesn't really matter i mean i don't know tiffany amber Thiessen's like the uh waitress at the <laughs> at the little, peach pit yeah that's no, that's nine hundred two one zero. What's oh, the one uh, off? Uh, what's the one off? Saved by the Bell. Hell, you could have told me that. Think not, Screech back. Nah, I'm guessing yeah. not. <laughs> Nobody's gonna pay his bail yeah. on any given night to get him back. Well, they said set. that the who's the main Mark Paul Gosler. Yeah, he's yeah. not been. Yeah, he's not been asking. It's yeah. like, how do you not ask the main person? <laughs> if nothing else, just to make him the villain of the show, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like make him. The jackass of the show. Some of the late, recent stuff he's been in, I've kind of enjoyed. I was yeah, a little a surprised. Actor. I was like, oh, okay. There's a new cable channel dedicated to video gaming, video game entertainment and news network, Venn, V-E-N-N, hopes to be the cable channel you watch when you don't feel like watching <laughs> Twitch or YouTube or Mixer or Facebook Live or any other video game streaming channel. <laughs> Now you can just pull up Ven on your television. Okay. Why not? <laughs> Somebody's throwing some money behind it. Yeah. Cool. It's kind of like those other, you know, like some a, a restaurant's doing okay, so another restaurant's like, well, maybe we should do what they're doing, and they maybe have a little success, but then another one's like, well, we'll do that too, and it just gets worse. Yeah. Finally. Jeopardy host Alex Trebek is back in chemotherapy after experiencing a setback in his battle against stage four pancreatic cancer. He says, quote, I realize that there is an end in sight for me, just as there is for everyone else. One line that I have used with our staff in recent weeks and months is that when I do pass on, one thing I don't want them to say at my funeral is, oh, he was taken from us too soon. Guys, I'm 79 years old. I've had <laughs> one hell of a good life, and I've enjoyed it. The thought of passing on doesn't frighten me. It doesn't. Other things do. The effect it will have on my loved ones, that makes me sad. But the thought of moving on myself, folks, it comes with the territory. So that's pretty I awesome. I think he kind of recognizes that, uh, yeah, after this, apparently his numbers were higher, than, spiked higher than they'd ever been. And because he'd gotten out of chemo for a while, they thought, yeah. you know, maybe he, things were looking good, but apparently not. I guess you kind of figure at the beginning, anyways, you're like, well, there's a good chance. I mean, I'm going to. Yeah, it's stage four pancreatic cancer. Yeah. It's, 
you know, you try to stay positive, but yeah, yeah stage four is just kind of like, uh, yeah, we'll uh, make you comfortable. Yeah, and pancreatic cancer is one of the nasty ones. Yeah, By the time they is. find it, it's usually way too late. Did you guys find anything in the news this week? Yeah. Did you? I found a Go few for things. Um, let's start off with... <laughs> you got the barbecue fingerprints on your phone? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Thank I, God I, he's I finally done eating that because that was smelling amazing. <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, you can get paid... $1,300 if you watch 13 Stephen King movies by Halloween. Yes, we just ran that ad in the show open, actually. Oh, yeah. You didn't hear it, but we just did. Well, there you go. But you can talk about it, because I thought it was pretty cool. I yeah. put my name in the hat. Yeah, and uh, where is it? No degree is required, and neither a drug test nor background check. Which is probably good if you're going to be watching yeah. 13 Stephen King movies. I was worried about the 13 movies, what they'd be, because I was thinking, oh, God, there's some stinkers yeah, out no, there. Yeah, no, they've got a pretty good list there. And you get yeah. and there's a little bit of leeway on some of those, too. Like, you can choose between yeah. which Carrie you want to watch. Well, or... there's been at least four Carrie movies. There's that awful TV movie yeah. from the 2000s. Uh, Children of the Corn, Christine, Creepshow, Cujo, Dreamcatcher, It... Obviously. You can pick between It Chapter 1 or the miniseries. Or the miniseries. Which, if you're 13 movies in, you might go with the theatrical release, just so you don't have to stretch it out that long. Right. The Mist, uh, Black and White, is a good one to watch. Yeah. Uh, Pet Cemetery original or remake. How was that remake? I it was did. it was okay. It existed. It what didn't do anything new or exciting. It was okay. just there. But it wasn't terrible. Salem's Lot, The Shining... Thinner and misery. Thankfully, no Tommy Knockers. Right. No Langoliers. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Some of those other so, ABC movies like Rose Red or so Rose was, Matter. Oh, they were. Yeah. Those so you watch what thirteen hours of it? And you get- no, you watch thirteen movies. You have to. Oh, they, and they send you a care package that includes a few things, including like a Fitbit, so you can check your heart rate because it's scary. And well, but then yeah. you have to like journal like what you thought, you know, throughout. Like, and then they're going to use all that for marketing for future oh. stuff. So that's yeah, easy. That's that thirteen hundred bucks for thirteen movies. It's a hundred dollars a movie. That's a good deal for them, and it's a good deal for whoever wins it. You I didn't get right? paid jack shit for sitting <laughs> in a <laughs> hospital room and watching multiple hours of cooking shows <laughs> yeah. uh, for days on end. So yeah, I could do that pretty easy. <laughs> exactly, and you don't have to watch them all at once. Although you might want to just knock them out just and be get done it with all it. Out at one yeah, shit, I would or something. Yeah, just be like, don't bother me. I'll talk to you in a little while. Yep. See you guys in the morning. <laughs> What else did you find? That it? Uh, I found uh, an article that Sci-Fi Wire just put out a couple days ago. Is this the Russo Brothers <clears throat> one? Yeah, yeah. Go like ahead. Community was basically the Russo Brothers Avengers before the Avengers. I've been saying that for a couple years now, right? Just based on episodes that they've directed. Yep. And uh, they're kind of reaching in the article with comparing like uh, Joel McHale to Tony Stark and right Pierce, you know Chevy Chase to the Hulk and blah blah blah, but. The a lot of the action stuff that they did for their paintball episodes. Yep, I, I would be watching like Civil War, the beginning <laughs> of Civil you can see War, it, yeah. and I'm just like, it's it's lit the same way. Um, Crossbones is coming out of the van on almost the same kind of shot as like the ice cream cone mascot was coming out of the van in that that uh, episode, right? And and it just a lot of it was very reminiscent, and even Infinity War. Infinity War, everyone was like, how are they going to do all these different storylines? And I'm just like... Have you not watched an episode of Community? Community, when they were doing the the second part of Paintball episode. All the main characters and side characters were split off on their own groups to try to 
accomplish their mission. Yep. The exact same structure they use in Infinity War. Yep. So, yeah, it's just a lot of overlap. I saw that. I was like, ah, finally I someone knew it. else <laughs> recognized what I saw. Yep. That's awesome. In other news, we just have one story, but it's a doozy. This comes from London, England. A unique solid gold toilet that was part of an art exhibit was stolen early Saturday from the magnificent home in England where the British wartime leader Winston Churchill was born. The toilet, valued at roughly one million pounds, that's not a weight, that is a dollar amount, <laughs> be a lot harder to move it if it was a million pounds, that's a, about $1.25 million. But it's pretty weighty, I'm sure. I'm sure it was. It was the work of Italian artist... Uh, Maurizio Catalan, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Yeah. It had been installed only two days earlier at the Blenheim Palace west of London after previously being shown to appreciative audiences at the Guggenheim Museum in New York. Police said the toilet was taken early Saturday by thieves who used at least two vehicles. So it must have <laughs> weighed a little bit. Yeah. Because it had been connected to the palace's plumbing system... Police said the toilet removal calls caused significant oh. damage and flooding to the building. Oh, no. An UNESCO World Heritage Site filled with valuable art and furniture. A 66-year-old man was arrested in the case, but he has not been identified or charged yet. So an old man saw a golden throne <laughs> and decided... I, first of all, if it's an art piece, why do you even hook that up to the plumbing? I the, know. Art I pieces mean, generally are. Would you go to the bathroom in it? Would you shit on a million dollar golden throne? Yes, if it was there care. and it was working. <laughs> you yes. mean you mean you like jump the red velvet rope and use it use I it would, while people are walking through? I would it? do it and take a selfie while I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you get to see you get to shit on a million pound <laughs> golden yeah. toilet? But you know, I, I'm wondering like. Did it get installed? Like the installers went to a pub that night, and they were all kind of bragging about it. Like this old man, a couple other people were like, "Wait a minute, where's that at? Where's that at?" You know. And then they all set up that night, start scheming. You're like, "Okay, this is what we need to do." And then they're make they're gonna make a movie of this. I'm sure, just sure it'll be a movie. <laughs> Inspector Richard Nichols of the Thames Valley Police said Dick the police Nichols. believed the thieves left the spacious property about 4.50 a.m. and that the toilet was the only item taken. That's all they wanted. What else do you need? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Melt it down. What, I was going to say, what are you going to do with it? You can't go and like take it to a pawn shop and be like, I'll take 500000 It's like right robbing now. the bank be like, hey, pick that dollar up. Yeah. Running around the streets, I've got the golden shit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Closed circuit TV footage is being studied in the investigation. Prior to the theft, visitors to the exhibit could book a three-minute appointment to use the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it was hooked up. Okay. <laughs> oh my! So people, it was. Okay. You could apparently you could pay to get three minutes, which you know, if that's the case, you're going to want to make sure that like that's a good three minutes. You want to get your money's worth. I mean, are people make coming sure. in and cleaning it in between? <laughs> but like at three minutes and fifteen seconds, somebody's like yeah, knocking on the door. <laughs> hey, you need to get out. I'm almost done. I can't break <laughs> yeah, it off exactly. halfway. Yeah, exactly. Pinch it off. We got people in here lined up. <laughs> This proved popular when the toilet was on display at the Guggenheim, apparently. Wow. The artist intended the golden toilet to be a pointed satire about excessive wealth. The artist previously said, whatever you eat, a $200 lunch or a $2 hot dog, the results are the same, toilet-wise. Which is true. There's some wisdom there. But, you know, golden throne. Yeah. 
Last year, the chief curator at the Guggenheim was offered to lend the golden toilet to U.S. President Donald Trump and his wife, Melania Trump, when they asked to borrow a Van Gogh painting for their private White House quarters. Curator's Nancy, curator Nancy Spector had been critical of Trump and social media. Saturday's theft also comes after Edward Spencer Churchill told the Times newspaper the golden toilet would not be very easy to steal since it was connected to the palace's, palace's plumbing in the paper, he is quoted as saying, quote, so no, I don't plan on having it guarded. Wow. Have you ever installed a toilet? It's not that difficult. It's not that difficult Gold to rip one out safe. either, really. Here's the, here's the deal. They sat there. They they talked about it, drinking all yeah. night. Then they saw Somebody that. Somebody saw that in the paper. It's like, like, they're just daring us exactly. to go get the toilet. And they never got sober the whole time. No, no. <laughs> The Thames Valley Police Detective Inspector Jess Milne said, The artwork has not been recovered at this time, but we are conducting a thorough investigation to find it and bring those responsible to justice. I hope artwork was in quotations like artwork. Because <laughs> I've left some artwork in a toilet. <laughs> yeah. You tilt your head to the side and squint. That kind of looks like... Uh, Blenheim like, Palace said, <laughs> said officials are saddened by the theft, but relieved that no one was hurt. Well, you don't know that. Really? Somebody might have pulled a hernia or they, something. They, they're probably, the rest of the gang's probably off on each other, you know. Just Oh, yeah. So, like, nobody, yeah. How do you, two, three people keep a secret? Two of them to get killed. Yeah. Great. It's going to be like the Mona Lisa. It's going <laughs> to be the most important thing, art piece ever, because it was stolen. Exactly. We knew there was huge interest in the contemporary art ex- exhibition with many set to come and enjoy the installations. The palace said in a tweet, it's therefore a great shame an item so precious has been taken, but we still have so many fascinating treasures in the palace and the remaining items of the exhibition. To we share. have real artwork, people. Go look at that. <laughs> Why are you paying to sit here and use the toilet for three you minutes? We have, hipsters, we have actual art on the wall. On art. Don't defecate on the other artwork. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, they didn't say you couldn't pay for three minutes on some of those either. If I pay a little more, can I get some of my shit and smear it on some <laughs> other stuff? I, I want to be completely interactive in here. It's going to be like contemporary art. We're going to sell that, frame that, and sell it too. <laughs> Here's the, your complimentary nose pen. Exactly. When you walk in. The building was closed to the public Saturday, but the palace said normal operations will resume Sunday. The stately home in Oxfordshire, 65 miles west of London, is popular with visitors and occasionally used for special events, including fashion shows and art exhibits, and apparently taking three-minute dumps on a golden toilet. Wow. (laughs) Well, let us know what you think are the top stories each and every week. If we use your suggestion, we'll give you a shout-out in an upcoming episode. You can find us on social media. By searching for at PGTC Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can call and leave a recorded message on the hotline at 417-986-7842. We'd love to use your inclo- your recorded messages in an upcoming episode. Links to all that, our email, and more at popgoestheculture.com. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. Game Expo Year 11 is coming to the Springfield Expo Center. The Gaming, Arts, Media, and Entertainment Expo will be held Friday, October 11th through Sunday, October 13th. It'll be a weekend full of tabletop gaming, cosplay, and more with guests of honor Satine Phoenix and Jennifer Ellis and Keith Baker of Together Studios. Dust off your lucky dice and get your tickets now at springfieldgame.com. All right, this weekend in pop culture history, September 20th, that's today, September 20th, 1960. Remember it well. 
The Flintstones debuted on ABC. Wow. You know the Flintstones? I went back and watched a few of those. They don't hold up very well. <laughs> yeah. I I've, caught a, in a while. I've caught a few of those, too, and I'm just like, huh. That was a different time, Maybe wasn't I watched it? <laughs> different episodes that were funny. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. September 20th, 1977, the Fonz jumped the shark, literally, on Happy Days. You know, I actually do remember watching that. Do you? Yeah, I mean, uh, not clear. Right. But I remember because it was like, he's jumping a shark. Because that that was like, Evil Knievel was kind of big in that time, too. So I had like the Evil Knievel playset and stuff like that. And I think I I even had the Fonz lunchbox and some stuff like that. So I wasn't alive. I was I'm not old. either. I'll be damned. You're right. I got a couple months there. September 20th, 1984. Who's the boss? Angela. Debuted on ABC and The Cosby Show over on NBC. Same night. The yeah. two head to head. Actually, I don't know they were head to head, but they probably were. Yeah, they, yeah, they might have been. I mean, because you they had- probably both had the. Set that first prime time thirty minute slot. Tony Danza was pretty popular back then, coming off a taxi and oh yeah. Well, at least so. he didn't have a date rape drug in his back pocket. We don't know that. He just hasn't yeah. been accused of anything. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, time yeah. will tell on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> innocent until proven guilty. September twentieth, nineteen ninety, The Flash debuted on CBS. I remember this show. Yeah, they are still milking that show. Yeah, they are. But hey, why not? He's. You know what? That's the only thing I know that he's that John Wesley Ship has done. So continue hey. getting paycheck. That's all right. Damn right. If you can get paid for doing stuff, how many years later? Yeah, almost thirty. Yeah. yeah. So good. Good for you, bud. <laughs> and if you wondered why Rambo: Last Blood was released is released in theaters right now this weekend, Friday, September twentieth is National POW Missing in Action Recognition Day. It's the third Friday in September. So again, no coincidence that Rambo's out this weekend. So, you know, do what you want to do to celebrate. Yeah, yeah whatever that entails. <laughs> Birthdays this weekend, Friday, September 20th, actress Sophia Loren turns 85 years young. Holy yeah. Sylvester the Pussycat debuted 78 years ago in 1941. That makes Sylvester the Cat 78 years old. That's, nice. So that's easily nine lives worth there. Author George R.R. R. Martin writes the Game of Thrones books. Well, he did for a while. He hasn't in a little bit. He turns 71 years old, you know, and he is not the picture of poster boy for health either. So no, yeah. we'll see if he finishes his series at the pace he's going. Yeah, he's always looked like he's had a foot in a grave for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actor Gary Cole turns 63 years old. He's going to need you to come in on Sunday. Wrestler Arn Anderson, Marty Lundy, he turns 62 years old. Wow. He he looks surprisingly he, good for his he age. He looks like he's been 50 years old That's for, what I mean. for the last 50 so years. So it looks like he hasn't changed any because he's always looked like I'd an love old to, man. I'd love to see some baby pictures and he'd still look like a 50-year-old man, just like only eight inches long. You know? <laughs> I'm sure he did. That'd be awesome. Uh, actress Kristen Johnston. Turns 52 years old, as does, so does, she shares a birthday, same date, with Gunnar Nelson. Nobody's excited about that at all. Uh, Nelson twins? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, they're not twins, they're just brothers. If they were, brothers, tw- if they were twins, they'd both have a birthday. Well, yeah. <laughs> never mind. They looked like, they looked exactly they the did. same. They did. I never knew. <laughs> I never cared to know, to be honest with Whatever. you. Whatever. You had the posters. I like I like their dad's music. Yeah. I like the oldies stuff in them. And actor John Barenthal turns 43 years old. 
I'd rather sit and talk about the garden party song than I would his birthday, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Saturday, September 21st, author Stephen King turns 72. Speaking of a guy that's just hanging on, boy, these authors. Wow. Actor Bill Murray turns 69 years old. That's he good. will be milking that for the next year. That's a fact, Jack. Filmmaker Ethan Cohen turns 62 years old. Actor Dave Coulier turns 60 years old. Oh, cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Actress Nancy Travis turns 58 years old. Singer Faith Hill turns 52 years Holy old. Holy Hannah, I didn't know she was that old. Yeah, still looks fantastic. Yeah, she does. Actor Alfonso Ribeiro turns 48 years old, and he shares a birthday, too. Yes. His birthday, too. The other <laughs> No, it's not the other Delson. <laughs> one was born at 1159, the other at 1201. They're not twins. <laughs> he shares a birthday with... <laughs> With actor with actor Luke Wilson. So happy forty eighth birthday to those Luke fellas. Luke Wilson's still around? Uh yeah. He may be sober, we don't know. Alfonso is, I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday, September twenty second, singer Tony Basil turns seventy six years old. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. Singer David Coverdale turns seventy years old. Singer Joan Jett? Turned 61 years old. This yeah. one surprises me. I thought she was older. Joan Jett? She was like 76. <laughs> Joan Jett's awesome. She was like, she was the first, not major concert I ever saw, but the first concert because it was here in Springfield. Right. And uh, I don't know whose mom drove us up there, but <laughs> me and my buddy. And that's the first Somebody's of like. Somebody's cool mom, that's for sure. Well, that's like the first of like, God, I bet I've seen her six, seven times in every show. She's amazing oh, live. Yeah. I'd, uh, you know, sorry to get quiet here, but, you know, I would. I don't care how old she is. <laughs> That's all right. Oh, no, I, I would tear you apart. She would. Yes, she would. <laughs> it, it would <laughs> be, be your last show that you do with us. <laughs> it would like, be the sweetest. I learned this one from Billy Idol. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where's your finger going? <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> Actor Scott Bayo turns 59 years old. Moving uh, on. Yeah. yeah I'd, Nail him to. Oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> you know, what? It got quiet in here, but uh, this is what he learned from Billy. <laughs> That's just wrong. Actress Billy Piper turns 37. Actress Laura Vandervoot turns 35. Actress Tatiana Meslani turns 34. A whole lot of ladies there in their mid 30s. And actor Tom Felton. Draco Malfoy <laughs> turns 32 years old. Those fuckers are already in their 30s? <laughs> well, they, they were in their mid-20s when they were making those movies. They looked like they were 12 years old. But they, were, <laughs> they had to shave three times a day just so they looked young. Happy birthday to everybody, celebrity or not, who is celebrating this weekend. New This Week in Entertainment at the box office, Ad Astra, the not interstellar movie. Starring Brad Pitt's out this week. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Yeah, well, somebody will watch it, I'm sure. They will, yeah. Somebody put on Facebook today, Ad Astra is, an, is a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not an a, not acronym. It's a, I don't know, it's a jumble for Star Dad. Because his dad went into space and he's going after him. And everybody's like, oh, wow. And then one person points out, no, it's not. There's only one D. It can't be. <laughs> so that's fun. Somebody just stirring this pot. Mind blown. <laughs> Downton Abbey, the movie, is released this weekend. That that'll that'll make done fast enough. That'll make some bucks. And Rambo: Last Blood. I am actually going to go see that. Are right, you? When are you going to yep. see that one? I'm going to try to go tomorrow night. There you go. New TV and streaming coming up in the next week. 
Between Two Ferns, the movie, is on Netflix today. Go watch it after you're done with the podcast. Don't cut us off for that. Don't, don't threaten me. The 71st Annual Emmy Awards is Sunday night on Fox. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on as no, well. The Connors, <laughs> Blackish, and Mixedish all air Tuesday night. Their series premieres, season premieres, and series premieres Tuesday night on ABC. Connors, I'm kind of looking forward to. I don't know if anybody else listening watched it or cares but it was actually um, i say really good it was a lot better than i thought it was gonna be yeah yeah and i was pretty impressed with some of the performances that were being given on there i was like wow right and some of the topics they were kind of you know yeah i was pretty impressed with that if you go back to the original roseanne show i mean they were good performances and they did not hesitate to tackle tackle, topics yeah. yeah So I, I always was, found her annoying, so I might actually enjoy the Connors more. Now that she's off of it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tuesday, This Is Us returns on NBC. There's still folks watching that show. Yeah, somebody. The Masked Singer comes back Wednesday night on Fox. Dude, I nailed, two-hour premiere. I nailed a good portion of those. I was very happy with myself. We need to start up a Masked Singer pool or something <laughs> with uh, any listeners that are listening that want to join in. The Goldbergs, Schooled, Modern Family, all come back Wednesday night on ABC. Also on Wednesday, it's always sunny in Philadelphia on FXX. And South Park and Crank Yankers, the return of Crank Yankers Yankers. on Comedy Central Wednesday night. Thursday brings us Creep Show on Shudder. Young Sheldon, Superstore, Grey's Anatomy, The Good Place, a whole bunch more. We are back in the thick of the start Uh, of the fall. I love Superstore. Yeah, I don't know why. I just, I guess it's because I've seen those customers. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know exactly who that person is. Yeah, exactly. So a lot going on. We'll talk a little bit about the fall television season a little bit later on the show. Out on home video this week, right now. If you, mm. if you really wanted to, right now, you could go out and get a copy of Dark Phoenix on home video. I will be right back. Do we have to? No, you don't. You're not required to. <laughs> I do want to see it. I've watched all the rest of them. I yeah. cannot not watch that one. It is not required viewing for this show. <laughs> uh, I have heard. I think it was on a recent Fat Man Beyond. And Kevin Smith was talking about it, and he was saying, you know, for the first two acts, the first two thirds of the movie, it's not bad. The last act completely falls apart. So his suggestion was watch two thirds of the movie and then pop in x-men 3 and watch just the last third of that because it's better than the first the, the last third of this one he's like if you can kind of mash him up and make your own movie out of the two of those you get one pretty decent movie and one that's really not you figure they would try a little harder but i guess they figure people just be stupid and go see anything, anything with an x on it yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to disney next week anyway yeah New video games this week. Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening is out today on the Switch. We're milking that. Yeah, they are. New comics right now. Run to your local comic shop. See if they got any of these left on the shelf. I'll be right back. Middle West, number 11. Black Hammer, Age of Doom, number 12. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, number 9. Nice. You'll like this one. Archie versus the Predator, number 2. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're actually making a comic with Archie versus the Predator. And Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons, number part 2, number 1, is out. DC's got new Aquaman, Batman, Justice League, Nightwing, Supergirl, Superman, Jimmy Olsen, Teen Titans, and more. Marvel's got car- absolute carnage. Their event going on. Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda, number one, is out from Marvel. Dead Man Logan, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, House of X, Magnificent 
Magnificent, that too. Ms. Marvel, Spider-Man number one and more. New books out this week. It's not written by Robert Ludlum because he's dead. But Robert Ludlum's The Treadstone Resurrection by Joshua Hood takes place in the Bourne Treadstone universe Mm. is out now at bookstores. And then a whole bunch of Funko Pop stuff, new Spyro the Dragon video game pops, The Addams Family, some more Marvel Endgame, The Walking Dead, scary stories to tell in the dark, a whole bunch of new, more new New York Comic Con exclusives. The Greatest Showman pops are out and available right now. Yeah, you can keep those, but yeah, I, I've seen the new um, Addams Family ones. Yeah. And being that they're uh, the cartoon that's coming out. Right. I was like, I don't, I don't think so, but they actually do look kind of cool. The sculpts of them are really neat looking. Yeah, the, the pups are cool. I just don't know that because it's attached to this movie, I don't know that anybody is going <laughs> to yeah. be banging down the doors at their local pop reseller. And yeah, to get I've got Morticia just because I've got Elvira and I've got... Um, You're building a fabulous ladies yeah. of black and white Yeah, I need to get a, a Frankenstein's Bride to kind of complete that set. Yeah. But... I saw, t- was it today? Today or yesterday, Bill Nye, the science guy, oh, yeah, is yeah. coming out. So yep. that'll, that'll be, be one that I'll have to have. Last week's pop quiz, we asked, what are you most looking forward to in TV and streaming this fall 2019 season? Because it's that time of year. <laughs> Here are your results. Other received zero votes, oh, which means wow. our choices are the only three things that people are excited about. <laughs> <laughs> the three people that, you know, they're the three things that the people that are voting in our poll are. There were only three people? No, there were more than three people. <laughs> I'm getting tongue-tied. Uh, tied with 29% of the vote across Twitter and Facebook, we had Creep Show and the Wednesday Night War between All Elite Wrestling and WWE's NXT. Nice. They kind of cross over. Yeah, the, it's a Venn diagram, you know. <laughs> the, the group that watches wrestling on Wednesdays and Creep Shows on Thursdays is probably, probably a lot of overlap. But taking the top spot with 42% of the votes, the thing that people are most looking forward to this fall is the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover over on the CW, which kind of makes sense. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, when I went in and voted, that was already like miles ahead. So I was like, oh, well, I'm still going to vote for my thing, even though it was your thing that you gave me. But I haven't been sleeping a lot lately. Yeah. So, I came prepared this week. So talking a little bit about television season coming up, uh, I don't know if you saw this since we're talking about Crisis on Infinite Earth. Today, Thursday, if you're listening on Friday, today, uh, they announced that Smallville's Tom Welling has been confirmed. He will be playing Clark Kent during the Crisis on Infinite Earth That's crossover. Awesome. What's he been doing since? Uh, he was on Lucifer for a season. Yeah. yeah. And he's still like in shape. He's you know He didn't let himself go when he got off television. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're gonna have that means that we're gonna have at least three Supermen at this point, right? Because yeah. we're gonna have the current Superman from Supergirl, Tyler Hoechlin. Yep. We're gonna have Brandon Routh as the Kingdom Come version of Superman, and which then, I had to look up because I did not know what that was. Yeah. So. And then we're gonna have Smallville's Superman. Apparently, this will be you know he'll be however many years after the series ended, so. He'll have to address at some point what happened to Chloe, I guess, because she won't be on the show. She's and in his jail. hair. Yeah, and his hair. Why <laughs> you so is Brandon Ralph's Kingdom Come Superman the same Superman from the movie, or is it just... No, this is from... The, there's a comic series, or just like a limited book. It's not in 
canon. It's one of the Elseworld things. And uh, it's just another version of Superman from that series. Just a little different logo kind of thing, you know. But so just another ver, just another version of Superman to grab. So, so how are they going to explain him as Superman and him as as the Atom? The Atom. You know, I don't know. They may or may not. He he and his real life wife, who plays Nora on Legends of Tomorrow, they're both leaving the oh, series. That's really his wife. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. And they're both leaving the series, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. So I don't know if if they'll have to address it because the Legends of Tomorrow season premiere is the last episode of the crossover event. So I don't know. I don't know how that'll work. There was the first crossover that involved Supergirl because she was kind of late to the party uh, as far as when things debuted. I think there was a moment, a line, where he mentioned something like, she kind of looks like my cousin or something like that. Yeah. So they've kind of played with that in the past. We'll see what they do. It'd be fun if, you know, the Spider-Man meme of the two Spider-Men pointing at each other. That'd be kind of fun if they reenacted that somehow, live action with What's going the on two here? Brandon Routh. Uh So let's talk about anything else we're kind of, I mean, there's a few other things I've added to the list. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about. Is there anything that you're, I mean, it's kind of a dull fall television season kenny's bringing out the official <laughs> the old crinkly now, what is yeah. that when was that paper made because that's like it's already yellowed and it has well it's <laughs> been in my pocket so you you do that <laughs> you figure that out yeah, are, are we having dribble issues kenny here <laughs> so i like i include some things like that have already come you've right, already right. spoke of you know was right. on my list but um i did start watching the mayans nc yeah and you did uh, not watch the first season correct uh well i i did go back you and watch it okay. so and that was surprisingly a lot better than i thought it was going to be so it hooked me and i like what they're doing and they're how they ended the season okay. was awesome so i haven't got to start it yet because of stuff with the daughter again but right. But, um, you know, they got a new Ink Master. It looks pretty good. It's coming out. And then, of course, the AEW stuff, you know, and the SmackDown moving to Friday. I'm curious to see, with it going over to Fox, what <laughs> yeah. they're going to do, you know. I'm they, curious to see if Fox says they want a third hour. Yeah. I, I can I, totally see Fox saying, well, that's great and all, but we're going to need three hours. We can just completely fill yeah. the prime. And stuff. then they're going to be like, uh. Yeah, because they already can't come up with two hours of compelling television. So. <laughs> exactly. You know, then, like, I am excited to see what the new season of Walking Dead brings because I did love what they did with Alpha and the Whispers and stuff like that. So, and then, of course, I'm always excited for Black Lightning. The rest of the stuff, like Supergirl, Flash, all that. I watch, drags on, but yeah. am I excited about it? Not necessarily. Super excited for Letter Kenny to come out. Oh, yeah. and, um, like I know I get shit for this all the time, but Queer <laughs> Eyes going over to Japan. I love that show, so I'm kind of I like everything with that. Of course, Rick and Morty. You know, then even the Runaways. I'm curious to see if they are going to keep on with the same old, same old, or if they're actually going to be like, you know, we should step it up and we should try something a little different. I'm so, going to guess probably the same old, same old, but I don't know. Who I know, but I, I am kind of halfway excited to see is if they will, you know, because there's only so much you can get by with just, you know. <laughs> well, they've gotten by with two seasons of yeah, not doing I much know. of anything. So. so we'll see, but that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Curtis, anything else you wanted to add to the discussion? Uh, anything else you're looking at or looking forward to? The Watchmen. I saw a new trailer for it just the other day, and they had more characters. Right. And, a little more story going on than just Don Johnson. And I was like, okay. 
it's starting to you know I've, I've been wanting to see it since <clears throat> the first trailer but now it's got more of an interest than uh, what I had originally had so yeah the watchman is probably the probably just that and creep show and right I don't know, Mandalorian maybe. Yeah, yeah. Some of those I didn't include because I don't have the HBO, the Showtime, right, right. the you I know the Disney streaming service stuff right. like that. So I didn't include a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, a couple other things that have caught my attention. Uh, there's a new show over on CBS starts up next week called Evil. It stars Mike Coulter, who was Luke Cage from the Netflix okay. series. And it looks kind of, I don't know, I'm not sure what it, how it'll turn out, but apparently there's a woman who is a, I don't know if she's the police detective. I'm guessing she is from what I've seen. It's, they haven't done a whole lot of promotion for it that I've seen, but she's like a police detective and she turns to him. He's some like Catholic preacher or a pre, former preacher who's on the outs, but it's like cases that have like a supernatural element to them. So oh, okay. she's kind of like relying on him to help solve them. I don't know. It looks like it might be something. We'll give it two episodes and see what happens. Uh, like you yeah. said, Letter Kenny. So looking forward to that coming back. Um, I've already watched that three times now. <laughs> the whole series. Yeah, I love it. Oh, I yeah. cannot get enough yeah, of that it's show. It's a great series. Actually, there's another show. I just it, it, it premiered just this past week on Amazon called Undone. Have you guys heard? Is that of the it? animated one? Yeah, it's like I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, it's got Bob Odenkirk yeah. and uh, uh, Rosa Rosa Salazar. I guess she's from um, Battle. Uh, Alita, but Battle Angel. Hmm. I think oh, she's okay. the main chick from that. Okay, but uh, yeah, it just—I saw the trailer for that one, and she's in a car accident. But now she's seeing her dead father, and there's like all kinds of weird right. trippy don't stuff know if going it's on. Time travel. Don't know if she's time losing travel. her mind. Yeah, yeah that looks uh, pretty interesting too. Yeah, I need to check that one out too. That's one of those that's on my list as well. Uh, USA's got Treadstone, which is the Jason Bourne universe without Jason Bourne. We'll it's see. Like the new books. And uh, yeah, another one that uh, give it two episodes, see what happens. Like you mentioned, Watchmen Morning Show over on Apple TV. God, they're trying now that they've announced the Apple TV. They are trying so hard to make mm. me care about that. I really don't, but um, it's out there and it'll probably dominate discussions. I'm sure, not necessarily the ones in this room, but somebody will be talking about it. Uh, his Dark Materials, the HBO series, and The Mandalorian is probably you know the one that once Disney Plus launches, they're putting a lot of uh, a lot of stock in that carrying yeah. that that streaming service to be a day one you know subscriber and get that that series on day one. Um, and it looks like they spent movie money on making the TV series. And yeah, regardless of what you think of you know The Lion King and the Jungle Book and some of that crap. I mean, John Favreau is a good director. He can tell a story. So if you give him Star Wars and it's not a remake of something that has to be computer animated, then you know I got confidence that he can tell an interesting story with that show. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'd like to see it. Yeah. This week's pop quiz, the Emmy Awards, <clears throat> are coming up. They're Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Our pop quiz for this week is this, and it's very specific. Because I want to tie it into the Emmys, but there's a lot of stuff, so I had to. Then it just it fell out this way. There are, a, you know, it's the last Emmy season. It's the last year that Game of Thrones can be nominated for an Emmy award, mm-hmm. and so they're nominated in just about every category. I think they're even nominated as a comedy and an animated movie at some point. <laughs> but they're nominated for anything they could be nominated for. They are nominated for, and a lot of other shows kind of scheduled their releases so that they don't fall in this window of the Emmy Awards so that they don't have to compete head-to-head with Game of Thrones this year. 
which has led to a lot of where you would normally have, okay, well, these are the people you'll always count on being up for an award. Some of those people, their seasons of their series didn't release during the window this year. Oh. So, again, a lot of folks from Game of Thrones are getting nominated for acting awards. A lot of first-time nominees. We had four first-time nominees from Game of Thrones that were nominated for an acting award. So our question in the pop quiz this week is, which Game of Thrones star who is a first-time Emmy Award nominee, has the best chance of winning an Emmy this Sunday night. Here are your four choices. Alfie Allen, who played Theon, he is nominated in Best Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series. Here's his competition. Jonathan Banks from Better Call Saul. (laughs) Giancarlo Esposito from Better Call Saul. Nicolaj Custer Waldu from Game of Thrones, so that's Jamie Lannister. Okay. Peter Dinklage, so there's Tyrion Lannister. Uh. Michael Kelly from House of Cards, and Chris Sullivan from This Is Us. So Alfie's got a couple of other Game of Thrones folks that yeah. he's up against. Keep that in mind. Your next choice, Gwendolyn Christie, Brienne, is a. Uh, Outstanding supporting actress in a drama series. And you know, for most of that show, when I was watching it, I thought her name was Brianna Tarth, not Brienne of, of Tarth. Tarth. Yeah. <laughs> That's why captions are your friend. I'm telling you. She is also up against number three, also a first time Emmy nominee, Sophie Turner, played Santa Stark. They are both nominated. So if you're picking one over the other, you must have a pretty good feeling. Here is who else they are up against. In addition to being in the same category with each other, they are also competing with Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones, Arya Stark. Ooh. Lena Hetty from Game of Thrones. So there's Cersei. Okay. Fiona Shaw from Killing Eve. She is also a first-time nominee. Julia Garner from Ozark, also a first-time nominee. So a lot of first-time nominees yeah. in this category. These two are going head-to-head, so keep that in mind. And then number four, Carice Van Houten, who played the witch Melisandre, I think it was oh, how you pronounce okay. her name. Yeah. Outstanding guest actress in a drama series, because it's more of a cameo thing. Right. Here is her competition. Jessica Lange from American Horror Story Apocalypse. That'll be a tough beat. Cicely Tyson from How to Get Away with Murder. That'll be a tough beat. <laughs> it's like beat. Murder's Row here. <laughs> Laverne Cox from Orange is the New Black. Oh, yeah. Cherry Jones from The Handmaid's Tale. And Felicia Rashad from This Is Us. So Holy the question God. is, for our listeners, for our followers, our fans, which of these four has the best chance of going home with an Emmy Award this Sunday night? Anybody got thoughts you want to weigh in on any of these? Gwendolyn Christie. Think so? Yeah. She's kind of the underdog, and she sort, sort of had a chance to shine recently on the show. So I think, I think they owe her a bone since they kind of threw her away in Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know that they're connected, but yes, that's a good point. I know they're not connected. <laughs> she needs, get she needs a boost of some something. Uh, honestly, there's better people in each of their right things. categories, but who has but the best chance? I, I, Knowing who's competing for what? Oh, that's tough. I'll just say the guy who played Theon. Okay, Alfie Allen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Beavis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say, you know, so if you're looking at Alfie Allen, I don't think it was a solid season for either of our uh, Lannister boys. Yeah. Like we've seen better from both of them than the previous season. So he maybe has a better chance than he would have in the past. 
He had the redemption stuff going on. Yeah. So Sophie Turner, I just this season she didn't do anything for me. I didn't see the actress there that you know that we had in the past. So I don't think it's her. I think Curry Fenton has got just no chance against the legends that she's no, competing against. That's so, for sure. Of the four, Gwendolyn Christie was probably the best actress this season. She had her moments where she's drinking with the boys and she gets knighted and she has her yeah. thing with Jamie and then she takes over. And I think, yes, yeah, she is probably the most deserving of the list. It's just there's a lot. And, and she may win just because I could see a lot of vote splitting. I mean, there's four actresses from Game of Thrones in the same category. Yeah. And if you look at the performances... They, I don't know that any of them were. This wasn't necessarily the strongest season for any of them. So I, yeah, I'll go with Gwendolyn Christie too. I, think. Right. I really hope Jonathan Banks wins though. For Better Call Saul, yeah, yeah, he's great. <laughs> because the Emmy Awards are Sunday evening, we are going to cut off of the voting on this one a little earlier than we usually do. The voting ends at six p.m. Eastern, five p.m. Central on Sunday. So go in, register your vote right now. And then we'll look and see what happens. It could be that none of them win. It could be all of them win. But it'll be interesting to see what our listeners and what our followers think, who they believe is the most likely to win. This week's pop quiz is live right now. You can vote on Twitter and Facebook. Just search for at PGTC. It stands for Pop Goes the Culture. At PGTC Podcast. Or you call, leave your recorded message again on the hotline at 417 986 7842. If you do, we'll leave a recorded message. We will use it in next week's show. Again, links to all that and more at popgoesculture.com. We've been talking about this for weeks. Today, we have our interview with up-and-coming Australian hip-hop artist Muggsy, who's been providing our mid-show music to kick off the second season of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. Had a chance to talk with him. Enjoy our little conversation. All right, we are on the line today with a fella whose work is familiar if you're a listener of the podcast. We are talking today with Australian up-and-coming rapper Muggsy. First of all, thank you for letting us use your music as part of our show as we've kicked off Season 2 this month. And again, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. I know uh, the time difference has uh, has been a bit of a challenge, but I'm glad to be able to get you on the line today. <laughs> hey man, thanks for having me on the show, and it's crazy. Yeah, I think I'm seventeen hour, uh, fifteen to seventeen hours in France. So you know, the future is still looking like the past, man. We haven't had <laughs> flying cars yet, or uh, you know, not tapped into use the force yet. But um, thanks for having me on the show, man. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that we're still uh, we get at least another eighteen hours or so out of the out of our lives here. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. What drew you to the hip hop culture? Yeah, man. So I'm 28. I started doing hip hop music or really getting into it around the age of 14, you know, the early thousands era. They called it like the platinum era where we had artists like Eminem and 50 Cent and Dr. Dre, Jay-Z, all of that. And um, I sort of used hip hop, man, really as a therapeutic standpoint. Like I, I was just that wild adolescence teen rolling with you know the bad crowds and you know getting into all that kind of funky shit and um just really you know just having a chip on my shoulder kind of thing man and i sort of always say we had the golden era which was the 90s but something about the early thousands to me man was the pinnacle of hip-hop at its time like i remember like coming out from school and it'll be on like BET and VH1 and MTV and it would just be like these guys of speaking that 
that sort of raw aggression of like whatever society or um, situation that'd be put through in life, they knew how to flip it and just tell it through their rhymes and word schemes. And I just want to be a part of that movement, man. And um, from 14 till 28, man, I, I just haven't taken it for granted, man. Um, it's really, I guess you can say, carved me into the man I am today, which I'm thankful for. So, yeah. Well, it's tough, especially when you're young, I'm going to guess, and I can't speak for you, and I'll let you speak for yourself, but it can be hard to take something that is an art form that a lot of people don't succeed at. There's only a few that reach that pinnacle. Um, so it's tough sometimes to get that support around you to kind of help help you feel like it's the right path to go down when you're pursuing your dreams and your art. What was it that allowed you to kind of take your passion and your interest and turn it into a profession? Well, I think, man, at first, well, like I'll say even still today, man, like you still get sort of the haters, man, that don't really get on board with you. And, you know, I, I still get the whole, um, oh, you know, he's pulling the whole wannabe Eminem kind of thing. And, it, and it's just like, yeah, we're in 2019. Like, this ain't Malibu's most wanted. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I just feel that well, what um, really gave me the resin and also when when people either know about my name or see me or just recognize my face somehow, like they know um, I'm not doing it as, I guess you could say, like a wigger standpoint where it's like, yo, I love hip-hop and stuff. It's like, no, you're not really for the culture. You're just doing it as a to get your Instagram clout up or something, right. um, they really know that, like, I really appreciate it. And I feel that that's coming back to saying when I was 14, man, um, yeah, I did have my bubble of the artists I listened to, but then I realized that there was so much more of a culture before my time. And if you really want to be a dedicated artist or taken seriously about this or about your craft, you have to really it's kind of like a history lesson, man, like learn where it came from and, um, have an appreciation for that. And that's what, it, that's what I did, man. And over the course of time, I just love what comes out new about it. And, um, even though I'm not really on board with some of the new artists, man, um, I still take the time to listen to them, you know? So I feel like that's my message, man, is to just really like I think that makes you more of a knowledgeable MC if you know where it comes from compared to just doing it for the sake of doing it, man. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about mm. your process. Uh, how does an idea become a track, become something that you've published, become something that you're performing? Tell us a little bit, kind of walk us through the process for you. My uh, When I was starting off, man, I would just write to pretty much anything. Like, you know, if someone would give me a beat or a concept to write to, I'd pretty much write to it. But as I, you know, start to grow up and get more, you know, mature in that, I realized when I would look at um, other artists in my position, underground artists, that's the kind of technique they would be doing, would just be like writing to a bass drum beat or just like any beat to get product out there and their catalogs would become so saturated that everything would be so clustered and sound the same. And with me, I kind of like took a step back and thought, you know, I can either go down that path or I can really take time to concept in the album and find the right beats, find the right structure, just so it gives me that more longevity, um, with my quality of work. And I feel like that's kind of the reason why 
I haven't released anything since 2013. I know it's been like five years or something, but I mean, when I hopefully release a third album for maybe the end of this year going on to 2020, um, I know it's going to overcome the rest, man. So my concept of writing and stuff, man, now is just to find that unique, I guess, beat compared to separating from the rest, man, because it's, especially in hip-hop now, man, it's all becoming saturated with that. <laughs> I always say to my friends, like, if it starts off with that um, that tap drum, where it's like, right. like that, like, oh, they're, they're all doing that, I just know the song is going to be whack, man. And <laughs> sure enough, man, it's like a mumble kind of thing, and I'm just like, dude, maybe I'm stuck in my times, but, man, I'm just going to put on some Nas or Wu-Tang or something. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I got put on Little Pump. Yeah. What is the hip hop scene like in Australia? For a lot of our listeners, and I know by looking at the stats, a lot of our listeners are in the US or in Europe. So tell us a little bit, give us some insight into the hip hop scene in Australia. Is it still kind of underground and growing or is it kind of breaking into the mainstream? Where where does the genre currently exist where you are? <laughs> it's it's funny you say that man because you know when like crocodile dundee came out a lot of uh you know the outsiders thought oh they you know in the outback and you know wrestling crocodiles and all that kind of thing and we're just like a normal you know like it's hard to explain my country man but we're just like a normal civilization man <laughs> like a city in that but it, it it's funny like the look on you know the big celebs faces when they come here because they're so used to like you said man the states or europe or something and we are so um secluded like on the opposite side of the globe that like when we when they come here and they see we're so hip-hop orientated man and we like we fill out the stadiums or you know if it's an underground artist with a bit of buzz and fill out the local gigs man they're like dude like I thought you were living, you know, like, you know, with like just land and you know, not nothing here. It's like no, we're 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 still remote, I guess. Um, but yeah, man, when it comes to hip hop, man, we love it, man. We've got like a lot of underground nightclubs and um, rap battle. The rap battle scene is really what's gonna make it make it, you know, come to the mainstream level because a lot of artists want to get into it. Um, in saying that, though, man, I don't think I'll get into it, man. I think it's a bit brutal here, man. Like, it's not really about the 106 and Park days where they would, like, rap about your, your maybe your clothes or your rhyming style or, you know, your, your history. It's We're pretty brutal here in Australia, man. Like, we bring, like, family elements into it. We bring in, uh, I, I don't know, like, there, there was this one time, which I'll, I'll tell a story for the listeners. There was, like, oh, I can't remember the dude's name. I think his name was, like, uh, man, I can't remember, but we have a, a league over here called Station Battle Raps, and there was these two guys, and one of them, I think he, it was either his mother or, like, his brother or something was, like, had, had like, cancer, and the dude, the, the opponent was, like, like, something about, you know, like, oh, like, rape your mother or something, like, give her, like, more, like, something, like, like, just so barbaric. And the whole crowd just, like, got into, like, a massive brawl, man. And I was sitting back on YouTube watching and just thinking, fuck, man, like, that, that this is just not for me, eh? I'm just going to stick in, in the studio with this one. You know, because, like, if someone's says something about my mother or my brother or something, it's like, I'd probably end up like that dude. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, man, like, we, we go pretty gnarly here in Australia um, with our, with our uh, hip-hop, man. So, yeah. 
I like to leave this question purposely vague when I ask it in interviews. Um, so I'm just going to let you kind of take it and run with it however you want to answer it. Um, but what has been for you the best thing? And I leave thing vague. What's been the best thing about pursuing your musical career for you? I think, honestly, man, it's knowing the fact that people know I do hip-hop music. Like uh, like I was saying at the first of the interview, you know, when they know me by name or somehow their friends have showed, like friends of a friends have showed them my music and they, they come up to me and they're like, yo, like I either do that does hip-hop or uh, are you like Muggsy or something? Like, you know, and they just see me like walking around. That That feels good to me, man, because knowing that, it's such a hard, uh, like, because it, it was it was brought up on like a black domain of music, and knowing that um, people can tell I'm um, genuinely um, love this craft and this culture, and I'm not taking it for granted, and they can see that in me. Um, that that's what I love, man. Instead of just walking up and being like, yeah, like pull like an Eminem actor. It's like, yeah, like fuck out of here. You know, what are you talking about? Um, you know, so yeah, that's what I love, man. It's just when people recognize me for my, my hard work and how much I love it, man. You've done a lot of press over the years. I know what is the question that nobody has asked you that you really wish someone would ask, whether it's to get to know you or your music or whatever the case is. Oh, that's a really hard one. Um, uh, I, I'm lost for words, man. I can't think. Um, <laughs> that's all right. You're in good company. Um, a lot of people stumble on that one. I always throw it out there, though, because every once in a while, somebody will say, man, I wish somebody would ask me this, and it's something that no one has asked, and of course, then I nah, make them answer that question. No, nah, so. <laughs> nah, man, uh, that, that's, that's a... I'm going to say that's the first, man. That's probably like the first question um, in a any interview I've done. It's like, what question should you be uh, you know, asked? I'm like, I have no idea. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, your music's been featured a lot in a lot of other people's projects as well, including, like I said, here at the Pop Goes of the Culture podcast. If folks want to listen to your your work, your tracks, not just the snippets that we've been playing or not just in the background of someone else's work, where can they find your published catalog right now? Yeah, so um, it saves you searching it individually. My number one platform I use is Mugsy on Facebook. So if you just type in M-U-G-Z-Y, um, I'll pretty much come up and it's got my band profile, my YouTube, Instagram, like everything attached there, even interviews like this and updates. It keeps you up to update. So Mugsy on Facebook, and that's my number one platform I use. And like I said, man, if you're, like, you're an upcoming artist or want someone to check out your music, just hit my inbox up and I'll try and get back to you for sure. Absolutely. Well, man, again, I cannot thank you enough, not only for taking the time tonight, but for letting us be a small part of your success and your story and letting us use your music as part of what we do here as well. We wish absolutely the best for you. And when you get to that point where you're ready to release something new you've got new album you've got new tracks whatever the case may be definitely hit us up because we'd absolutely love to continue to future uh your work here oh thanks so much man and most definitely like you have another friend fan follower here in australia man and keep in touch man because we're almost coming to the end of 2019 and uh, like hopefully i see bigger things man and more fun guests on your show man because you have another subscriber and that man all Especially right, here in our secluded escalation here in Australia, man. Yeah, out in the bush in Australia, we have somebody listening. We're, we're surprised you can get the reception out there because, you know, we have to play to the stereotype. So, 
Uh, but again, <laughs> thanks a lot. For sure, man. Take it easy. Thanks again to Muggsy for contributing to the show and for taking time to talk with us. Be sure to check him out online. If there's someone in entertainment pop culture you would like us to talk to, like us to interview, let us know. Again, hit us up Facebook and Twitter. Just search for at PGTC Podcast. You can email us your suggestion. Pop goes the email at gmail.com. Links to all that again at popgoestheculture.com. Coming up in the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network next Thursday, Kenny and I, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> will be joined by David. Jen won't because she's going to be at Fantastic Fest. We will be out at the Alamo Draft House talking about this weekend's box office results, breaking down what's new and newsworthy at the movies and all the upcoming programming at the Alamo Draft House. I was in charge of the scheduling of doctors this week, so I will be there. <laughs> well, all right. Nobody <laughs> else is going to schedule you during the time slot. Yes. My wife. <laughs> if you haven't checked it out, we do a separate uh, poll over there every week. It's been kind of fun. We've been doing these drafts the last couple of weeks. The f- couple of weeks ago, we drafted uh, movie soundtracks. Each of us picked five movie soundtracks, and then we let people vote. I voted. A whole lot of people voted. Yeah. We had that was the biggest turnout we've ever had. Really? And the results changed literally overnight. It went right up to the wire. So it flip flopped one and two swapped. Nice. Um, so it's fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We did a draft this last week, and then the draft question and the draft options this week. We drafted five. Each of us drafted five movies adapted from another source. So whether it was a book adapted from comic books, video games plays musicals whatever the case is um so each of us picked five those are up online you can vote for that look for backlot pod on facebook and twitter again the poll for those is pinned right to the top of the page they've been a lot of fun we've gotten a lot of good feedback on those and we actually had somebody jason uh go in and tell us last week with his soundtracks like based on what's left what you guys have already taken here's the five next here's what i would have picked if i had been said all right now you pick five so that's pretty cool. So if you're voting along with us on these and you want to jump in and participate and play along, let us know what your Heck next yeah. five would be. That's that's kind of cool. That's pretty fun. Yeah, this week I was like, okay, I want to do try to do one from each of the like from a comic, from a right, you know, blah, blah. and but I got to like video games. I'm like, you None know, those I, have been good at all. Yeah, I want some of them, but I didn't love them. Right. And then I was like, well, I don't want to just pick movies or something that happened a long time ago. I tried to find something more modern, and that was kind of tough too. So I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna go with these, and I tried not to pick like purple rain or you know right. something like that that i've already picked for something else so that's what I, that's why, where i went with mine and so if you're listening to the show and you hear joey <laughs> say which ones i did then that's, that's, why. that's why i went with them because you weren't there to do me live in person but exactly. i did get your list but i would have gave you a whole backstory of why i liked yeah. each of those but have you had a chance to look at this week's poll have you had a chance to yeah you haven't had a chance uh, i have a feeling i know who you're gonna vote for and i have a feeling it's neither of the two of us sitting here oh yeah i think you're probably gonna vote with david if i had to guess okay his like uh, his looks like something that i would guess that you would vote for it was funny because only after the fact when we started listing what everybody's because as you're voting you're doing it in a draft order so you don't thinking about i've got this then now i need to get to pick this and i'm gonna pick this is only after the fact where we we're like and so here's jen's five and here's david's five and david goes oh my god so i just realized they're all like dark gritty crime <laughs> films i was like yeah you kind of did that where i went the complete opposite mine are all like bright sunshiny you know it's like are you do you want to slit your wrist when you vote or are you in a good spot today when you make your vote because it's probably gonna depend on which way you go oh yeah i, I like his list so far yeah his list is pretty good <laughs> 
But yeah, it certainly is a mood, if whatever mood he was in that day. That's great. Yeah. So look for that. Again, that's Backlot Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Be sure to subscribe to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast on your podcast player of choice so you'll know when new episodes are available. If you subscribe to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast, you get the Alam- the Backlot by Alamo Drafthouse delivered to your your podcast player along with this show anyway. So all you got to do is subscribe to this one and Heck you get yeah. both. It's a two-for-one deal. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't love us? Exactly. More of us. More, more, more of us. What else we got going on? You guys got anything else? We've got. I was looking at the uh, convention schedule for the rest of what I would consider this season between now and like Memorial Day weekend. So we've got game coming up in Springfield in October, yeah. which we had an ad for that earlier in the show. Not necessarily local, local, but uh, Galaxy Con out in Louisville the weekend before uh, Thanksgiving. That was a lot of fun. We went last year and had a pretty good time. Geekmas is coming up. That's December 7th here in Springfield <laughs> yep. that Fanatics and the Fan are putting on. You we'll guys are giving away a 3D printer. <laughs> uh, yeah, 3D printer. So if you guys wanted to print yourself some action figures, uh, novelty items of sorts, you know, whatever you want. Sex toys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> novelty items. I, you know. And <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the fact that you're choosing now to jump in. Go ahead. <laughs> that tell that us. was a bad time. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Tell well, us. What speaking I, of dildos. I'm not. I, I love 3D printers. Like to me, those are magic. There's like a wizard inside there doing stuff. The, the things that you can do with those. I mean, if, if nothing else, if you don't know a lot about them, look at 3D printers and then go check this out and yeah. go try to get yourself one. I mean, they, God, those are so cool. They are cool. You guys are gonna have Mickey Mouse there, a Santa yeah, Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. <laughs> we're gonna have uh, lots of vendors. You guys will be there. At least you will be. Well, <laughs> hopefully, yes. Uh, we'll talk about that off air later. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> but yeah, no, there will be a lot of folks. The nerd informants are gonna be there. A lot of fun. Oh, yeah. We uh, we actually I reached out to a lot of the local podcasters and whatnot in the area, YouTubers and stuff, and uh, we're trying to organize before then some kind of a just a casual meetup so everybody can kind of get to know what everybody's doing, talk shop just kind of bounce ideas off each other how we can help them how they can help us and you know maybe something comes of that where we do like a a jam session podcast with a bunch of a right. bunch of podcasters from around the area and stuff so that'd be, that'd be a lot of fun but yeah geek must will definitely be a lot of fun if nothing else just to go for the vendors you're gonna find something there right you yeah. know to buy for the geek in your life that has all the mainstream stuff there's gonna be all kinds of there's that there's gonna be a lot of stuff there yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun then we, nothing really happens in January because you can't count on road conditions. Um, that Neo, Neo Show's Art Con is February 8th. That Neo Show, it's a one-day, a Saturday event. That's where I'm from. Is it? Yeah, I'm from Neo Show. There you I go. I didn't know they had an Art Con. Well, this is only the second year. It's the Neo Show Art Council. They bring in a lot of local to the area, like comic book artists and stuff. I think Jeremy Hahn was there last year. A few others that are kind of... That corner, that kind of the yeah. four corners area. Nice. Uh, Branson Con set their date finally, <laughs> March 6th through 8th. It's going to be at the Welk Resort Center this year, so right. that'll be interesting. Uh, Planet Comic Con at the end of March, the 20th through 22nd. That is the weekend at the end of spring break, if you're listening and you're in this part of the of the world because everybody's spring break. It seems <laughs> like it's the same week every year. That'll be fun. That's a good read. Take the kids up at the end of spring break. Cape Comic Con over in Cape Girardeau in April 17th through 19th. The following week, OzCon in West Plains is the 20th. Ozzy Osbourne Con. No, it's not. Oh, it should be. (laughs) And then, of course, Vision Con in May, May 1st through 3rd. So there's something, at least one thing going on just about every month between here on out. Uh, If you're in this part of the world, if you're in, in Southwest Missouri area, 
and go out to these things. Support your local conventions, your local vendors, your local artists, the folks, the guests that they bring out. Um, that's how we continue to grow this little geeky, nerdy fandom that we all have in our love for entertainment and pop culture. I like Cape Girardeau. I had to do a store there, a store set up there. And like our hotel had horrible, like, uh, gas. Well, no, but it had <laughs> the, the hotel itself. Horrible breakfast. Oh, bed bugs. Bar or whatever. So I would walk across the street to the better one. Semen covered blankets. <laughs> Well, when, when I was done with them, yeah. But I, mean, <laughs> I can't speak for what it was and like Let me before. tell you about these 3D printers. <laughs> <laughs> so I was making dildos. And I, <laughs> this is what Billy Idol taught you. <laughs> <laughs> Told you that's a finger and it goes... Oh, never mind. All right. <laughs> Anybody got anything else before we get out of here for the night? No. Does it make you moany moany? Oh, yeah. Like a He's a pro. Yeah, barely. Oh, man. All right. Well, guys, gonna, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> nothing else to bring us up from there. So we're going to end it here. I have been Joey Mills with Pop Goes Culture Podcast Network. K-Dub. Curtis. Have a great weekend. We will catch you all right back here next Friday. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Later. Peace out. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.